0: Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan. Here we explore an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Check the link tree in the bio for lots of great resources. Merry meet, all. This podcast is recorded on the homeland of the Duwamish people. And more broadly, the Coast Salish people, as well as many other indigenous tribes that make their home here in the Pacific Northwest of America, past, present, and future. As a spiritual being and steward of this land that I call home, I feel honored with the responsibility of caring for this piece of our planet. Please take a moment to join me in honoring the original stewards of the land on which you are residing and a moment of gratitude for the earth itself and the bounty it provides. Please join me in words that work for you. To the ancestors that hold this ground and for those spirits yet to come, may you fill me with guidance as I learn my place as a steward of this land and its creatures. In the gift of this role, I hold gratitude for all that surrounds me, for the water, which cleanses me, for the earth's fruit which nourishes me, for the air that breathes life, for the fire that warms as it burns, and for the divine cosmos within. I am a child of the universe at one with the trees and the stars. May the tides of the moon fill me with silver and the sunbeams tint me in gold. From light to dark, from birth to death, spring to winter, new moon to full, and back again. It is a beautiful world, one worth protecting. This I will, as within so without, as above, so below, as I am, so moat it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to compensate for the land that was stolen through violence and broken land treaties. I encourage you to look into and participate in Real Rent programs that support Indigenous communities in your area. I also encourage you to take an active stance in environmental issues, both at home and worldwide. Our planet needs its stewards now more than ever. It can be as simple as picking up trash in your neighborhood, using less water, and buying local goods. Check out the link tree in the bio for more great ways to connect with our planet and give back. Welcome, welcome. This episode we are talking witches ladders, otherwise known as knot, cord, or string magic. The principle of a knot spell is one that dates back centuries and has been seen in cultures throughout the world, from the knot of Isis, which we often refer to as the Ankh, to the woven flower garland of love, to witches ladders and those friendship bracelets you make as a kid, and so very, very, very much more. Using woven means to connect and represent people, intents, or ideas has long been a part of our culture as humans. Because this tradition is seen throughout the world and so many cultures, I encourage you to research its place in your particular region and heritage. Since we are talking about witchcraft, delving into the witches' ladder seems the most appropriate here. There are some good articles out there worth giving a read. Resources are listed at the end of the show and posted to my Instagram for those interested. Of note, some information on Witches Ladder seems to be consistent. The rest, like most pagan traditions, varies greatly. Take what you will, and be respectful of the rest. origin a form of the witch's ladder was said to have started on the sea and was given to sailors to bring good winds to the journey a wind was bound to each knot and as they were undone the winds helped the ship to the next port when this became a tradition is unknown and unconfirmed but witch's ladders have been documented as far back as victorian times where writers explained found objects said to belong to witches long strands woven with feathers and beads often stored under someone else's bed again not really solid history but interesting nonetheless traditionally witches ladders are often woven chains that incorporate a variety of natural elements including feathers hair gems herbs flowers shells and other local finds ladders can be used for a variety of things from spellwork to meditation The knots are often considered to be similar to the beads on a rosary, each bead helping the person to keep count as they work through a ritual or meditation. Witches' ladders come in a variety of forms, but usually consist of three, seven, nine, or 13 knots. Each of these knots may or may not hold an item, such as the ones mentioned above. There doesn't seem to be much in the way of recordings regarding why three, seven, or nine knots are used. 13 knots are said to correlate with the 13 lunar cycles of the year, indicating that these ladders may have been used monthly on a yearly cycle. Hey ladies, think of anything else you might want to count like that? I certainly can. Curious how that might have played a role in its history as well. ladders are often seen in banishment, binding, or love spells. One of the most common forms is the handfast braid that is part of a pagan wedding. This love braid is supposed to represent the two lovers and their relationship, intertwined with bands for love, understanding, compassion, and strength. While this handfast tradition is a braid, there are knots involved as well. And there are differences between knot and braid work, just thinking that one is tied very tightly and the other is woven together, interlacing. I often like to combine the two, wanting a solid base of the knot and the intertwining of the braid. Many insist that the traditional colors of a ladder are white and red, plus additional cords for the intent. While this is definitely possible, it is also important to think logically about what we know about the tools, colors, dyes, etc. of our ancestors. So, realistically, these traditions could have started without the incorporation of color, and over time, the colors and representations would have changed based on cultural availability and norms. As for why red, perhaps to represent heart or life force, it was also one of the more common colors of dye. And while white as often symbolizes purity, simple or spirit connotation, again, white tended to be a more common color to come by. So it could have just been that that were the two common colors at the time, or it could have been much more. Check out my episode on color magic to learn a little bit about how color plays a role in magic. In many traditions, a single strand is meant to represent the person or persons affected. Sometimes, when working with love spells, you only need to use two strands, one for each person. This is where things like pieces of another's hair or a small token identifiable to them are often tied into or onto these to help tune into that person. Simple relationship knots include tying two items of clothes together, socks, or even undies work great, one for each person, then you will tuck this under the bed and let it be. So long as the knot holds, the relationship will stay strong. That being said, you also have to be willing to do all that practical relationship care, listening, learning, sharing, understanding, compassion, teamwork, you know, the hard stuff. pause and take a moment to talk about exerting control over others. We live in a society of consent. With that in mind, never work a spell on a specific person without their consent. You can do some general group spell work, especially things that focus on very large groups of people, but keep faces, names, identifiers out of it. If someone has asked you or if you have offered and they have accepted, then by all means, do as you will. Now, this doesn't apply if you want to give a spell satchel or something non-specific. Just keep in mind that spells always work best when they are tuned to that person. So having them know or participate in the spell work will always make it more successful, both on an energy level and a psychological level. Because remember, spell work doesn't replace actual and practical real-life actions. There is some argument that states that a person shouldn't know about a spell because it won't work if they doubt the spell or are essentially exerting energy to contradict it. But we can also point towards how knowing something can create a placebo effect that may actually assist the spell work in some scenarios. The key is it's important that the person be interested and supportive of the process. Now, if you aren't comfortable asking if you can put a spell on someone, you can offer it in a way that feels more comfortable to them. As I've stated before, spell work is similar to the intent behind prayer and ritual throughout religions. So perhaps offer to pray for them or meditate on that goal for them. Phrase it in a way that makes you the most comfortable in talking with them. They don't need to know how your prayer process goes or what it includes, so long as you aren't hurting anyone or anything in their name in the end, you may introduce them to a new concept or idea. Just remember, to each their own. All right, witches, let's pull out that pen and paper and talk the how-to of making a witch's ladder. Don't forget you can follow me on Instagram for easy-to-read graphics. Okay, so the premise is simple. First, find a singular strand to represent the person or spirit. Then, incorporate other strands to represent the will or intent of your spell. You would charge each of these strands over the waxing moon to become attuned with the energy vibrations of your will. Then, weaving them together, you bind that will to the spirit strand, binding the intent to the person. You can amplify intent by tying in or incorporating things like feathers, hair bits, gems, etc. But be conscious of the intent of the spell and make sure your items support your goals. Sometimes it's better to wear the knots than to incorporate bigger items that would make that difficult. Consider what will work best for you. I often like to wear mine as a consistent reminder of my current spell work. It gives me something to go back to on a daily basis and continue to make sure that my actions and energy are attuned with that goal. Just as tying knots binds, undoing a knot can be just as potent through banishment. With each knot you tie an energy you want to banish from your life, let it accumulate during the moon. And then as the waning moon appears in the sky, begin to undo and release this energy from your life, letting go, untying the knots that keep you from success. How you begin your knot work will greatly depend on your goal. If it is for a spell or when you first create the ladder, you're going to want to cast a circle and call elements, so make sure to check out that episode. If it's just a basic meditation on the ladder itself, no need to cast a circle or call elements. When first creating the ladder, you are going to spend time charging each chord with your intent. Once done with that, you will want to start to tie your knots. Bring the strings together, tie the knot, using a chant to help generate the energy that goes into that bind. You can then choose to braid for a small length, or just skip down a small length. Continue this process until you have completed either the 3, 7, 9, or 13 knots. Again, the number of knots will depend on you and your needs. As for the words to the chant, that should also differ by person, and I always encourage you to make up your own. The following is the chant I have used. The first nine are pretty common, but vary person to person. Check out the acknowledgement at the end of this episode for a few more resources. not of one my will be done not of two my will be true not of three so it shall be not of four this power is stored not of five my will shall thrive not of six this spell i fix not of seven my will shall leaven not of eight My will be fate. Not of nine, make this mine. Not of ten, universe bend. Not of eleven, from now till then. Not of twelve, as within it dwells. Not of thirteen, of this I dream. With this my will be done. As within, so without. As above, so below. As I will, so mote it be. These are the known resources for this article, the old farmer's almanac, learn article on witches ladders, the witches ladder by the alchemist magical recipes, online.com. Why do I say known resources? Because with 20 plus years of experience, I've picked up so much from so many different authors. I can't keep track. I will admit I have read a lot of Scott Cunningham and Silver Ravenwolf in my day, so a big shout out to them for all of their work and how it's kind of ingrained in my brain. Aside from that, I try to make sure to provide references for resources directly used in each episode. Sometimes I need to just make sure that what I remember is correct or um, just want to check some additional resources to get some additional input. So those are the ones that I mentioned above. There are so many more and there are some great books on knot and cord magic that I just couldn't get my hands on in the time to make this episode. But please feel free, I would love to know more. If you've got some input, always feel free to reach out to me. You can leave me a voice message on my anchor page or you can reach out to me on social media. Merry meet (music) all. Have a topic you want to learn more about or a request for a spell? Please let me know. Your suggestion may be featured in an upcoming podcast. You can find me on Instagram at The Pragmatic Pagan, on Twitter at Pagan Pragmatic, or on Facebook at A Pragmatic Pagan. If you follow me on Anchor Podcast, you can even send me an audio question that may be played. Check it out. Would love to hear from you.